It's really great to see you here today, and I trust you're doing very, very well. And um, we'll comment on that DVD over the course of the uh, time that we have together. We're looking at um, the theme which will come on the screen now, Changeless Values in a Changing World. And what I want to do this morning is just look at the thought of um, the church and what is, what is the church, what is the church all about. Before I do that, for those who don't know me, let me just give a little bit of an introduction to me. And even those who have been coming to the church for some time, you might be thinking, well, I wonder what Christian thinks of the church. Where, what is his background? For those who know me, I'm Christian. I'm married to Caroline. I have four children. And um, I'm 40 years old. I know I don't look it, but I am. And um, somebody else celebrated a 40th birthday this week, actually, didn't you, Andy? And he does look it, but anyway. Um, be best not go there. I promised that I'd be, be, behave myself. Um, but over that 40-year period, there's really not been, a, not been a time when I've not been in church. What I mean by that is, I, I've had my ups and downs. I've, I, I've certainly not been a, a good boy all, all the time through those 40 years. But there's never been an occasion when I haven't been in church. Because basically, as a little baby in arms, days old, my mum and dad took me to church. In fact, they dedicated me in church. They brought me before God and said, this is Christian, we ask that you would bless him. And so from that journey, I've only really experienced three different churches. There was the church in Mansfield, there was the church in Milton Keynes, and then there was the church here. So I've just experienced three churches, but in that course of 40 years, I've seen a lot of church. I've seen a lot of church. I've seen a lot of good church, and I've also seen a lot of bad church. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So, I understand church. I understand this concept of church. But what I'm convinced about, and this is what I want to headline this talk this morning about, is I actually believe that it's through the church, God changes the world. Through the church, God changes the world. Now, let me bring you all in because I've introduced myself, but I'm aware that if I was to shake hands with people this morning, you might say, well, actually, I don't really know a lot about church. Well, welcome. You're very welcome here this morning. And you're off the hook, really, because you can just sit and just listen to my talk around the church. Some of you have known church, but not this church, because you've known other churches. It may have been a Catholic church, a Protestant church, a Baptist church. And church to you was really about going to a place, being quiet, saying a few prayers. If you're in the kind of church that I'm talking about, having a confessional. And then once you've done your confessional, the end, you live how you want to live and just do what you want to do. It may be that your experience of church has been like many people's experience of church was nothing like what you've experienced this morning. Because actually church for you is a cold building with a limp, welcomed handshake 
with a guy who dresses in a dress. Don't we all? I, well, I don't, Alan. I don't know about... Uh, I, I, I certainly don't. Uh, do, do, you want, do you want a confessional here? <laughs> I love this man and I love his shirts. Look at that shirt. Fantastic. So church, for you, is just that. And church is somewhere where you go to. It's not where you belong. If we was to survey a group of people here today, and let's, no, let's go further, shall we? Am I okay to go further? Let's go further and let's open up the doors and let's all get clipboards and a piece of paper and a pen. And let's go and survey people with this one question over in Tesco. And this one question was be, describe church in one word. I wonder what the answer would be. Boring, lifeless, cold, passionless, any other words? Dry, irrelevant, any other words? Orange. Kyle, why orange? Okay, it's a good colour. I was going to say, why orange? Because I like orange. I really do like orange. All those words, apart from orange, would describe what me and we would think about church. Is that true? If you're here this morning, you might think, well, that's exactly what I thought this morning. That's exactly what I thought I was coming into. And that's exactly what the ladies will be thinking they come into on this loosed women night. Because they think it's going to be boring. And actually, Sharon and the team are wanting to do something completely different to what people think. And so I'd encourage you to really take those invitation ladies and really use them effectively to reach your friends and your neighbours and your work colleagues on the journey of faith. One of the words that Josh mentioned actually was irrelevance. I wonder if we could just, I've got them on the screen. These are absolutely, this just shows you typically how irrelevant the church can be at times because these are actual church notice boards here. Staying in bed, shouting, oh God, does not constitute going to church. That's quite a good one actually. I quite like that. Let's have a look at the next one. Friday's confessional, five free Hail Marys with everyone, our fathers. That is a true church notice board. Let's have a look at another one, shall we? Whoever stole our mower, God will get you. Mick's just launched a, a, biz, a business in gardening. Mick, use this. If anybody nicks your mower on the side of your van, God will get you. Let's have a look at another one, shall we? Honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. I mean, what are we thinking about? The, the, I mean, people think we're stupid. We, we leave our brains at home while we go to church. I mean, let's have a look at the others. I hope we've got this other one on because there's a cracker here. 
Yeah, Sunday's message, Jesus said, bring me that ass. Okay. (laughs) Phil, Phil, I apologize to one of the national leaders for enjoying this church bulletin. I mean, how crazy. Some of the messages, some of the irrelevant messages that we give out to people in the church. Now you're here today and you're thinking, well, what is this church really all about? This changeless changeless value in a changing world. Surely, Christian, you're not saying churches has a value in in this community, in this society. Surely church has just lost its way because actually the statistics tell us that people are voting with their feet. People are no longer going to a company of of believers together. In fact, it it is um, assumed now that actually we only have 5 million people that will frequent a church in the United Kingdom. 5 million. Out of a population seriously approaching 60 million. So, actually this Christian Britain, guys, let's get over it. Because it ain't no longer Christian. And it ain't no longer church Britain. So what are we going to do? Because are we going to believe what everybody else tells us, that church is irrelevant, it's boring, it's lifeless, it's cold? Or are we going to change the perception of society? Are we going to bring a positive message, what church is really all about, rather than just live in what it actually is, the irrelevance of stupid church bulletins? on a board, no matter how funny they are. No, they didn't even think they were funny. I thought they were hilarious. They just dragged me off the floor when I was reading some of these. And some of them were really rude. I found them incredibly funny. But anyway, (laughs) sorry if that upsets you, but I did. I'll give you one. I've got to give you one. Actually, (laughs) listen, listen. I've got to give you one. It's not on the board. Okay. This is a UK church. J. John tells this story. There was the, the, an Anglican church, there was the 9 o'clock and the, and the, and the 6 p.m. service. And the 9 o'clock service says, 10 virgins in distress. The 6 o'clock service says, what can one man do? <laughs> Did somebody not tell that vicar? I really am in trouble, yeah. Sorry. Guys, I apologize if I've offended you all. <laughs> the irrelevance of church. You might be here coming this morning saying, well, Christian, come on. Is it really important that we meet together? I've got my Bible at home. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. Why do I need to come to church? You might be asking that question. You might have asked that question. You might be here just because it's traditional that you've come, but actually internally in your heart, that's what you're thinking. My hope is over the course of just our time that we, the rest of our time that we have together, and if you'll not keep laughing at me, because the more you laugh at me, the more I get into a, a rhythm, we'll answer that question. Is church really important? Is church really important? Or do we need to just go with the flow and sell the building and give the proceeds to another charity? Is it really important? Now, how we're going to answer that question is not through human reasoning, 
We're actually going to answer that question by what God says. Because actually, I'm not interested what human opinion is, no matter how clever or how good or how much I like them. But my basis for answering this question is based upon what God says about this. So if you're questioning it, just look at what God says about it. So I wonder if you'd just turn in your Bibles to Ephesians in chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 10 in the New International Version for those who are on media. And then we're going to read it from the message. So Ephesians in chapter 3 and verse 10. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Let me repeat that. His intent was that now, through the church, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Let's look at what a contemporary version of it would look like in the message, shall we? Let's go from verse 9 and 10. It says there, Through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Let's leave that on the screen, shall we, for a moment. It says there that through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches all across the globe, this extraordinary plan. Let's stop there. What is this extraordinary plan? What is this extraordinary plan that God is wanting to get out It's a plan of salvation. It's a plan of redemption. It's a plan of forgiveness. It's a plan of wholeness. It's a plan of love. It's a plan of hope. It's a plan of freedom. It's a plan of liberation. This is the extraordinary plan that God is wanting the church, the followers of Jesus who belong and gather in a church, To demonstrate and testify to. And even the angels are talking about it. They're talking about this amazing plan of redemption and salvation. Of community transformation that God is seeing. And he gives the church the responsibility of of communicating this great plan. I don't know about you, but for one, I got incredibly excited when I read these verses because I thought, that is it. It's through the church. You see, if you're taking notes, you must understand this. Church is not something you go to. Church is who you are. You are the church. I know we use language like we're going to church, but you are the church. Dig that person in the ribs now and say, he's talking to you. You're the church. Go on, do it. You're the church. You're the church. You are the church. So when he declares this, like yourselves, gathering churches, who's he talking about? Churches, us, as we gather together, we are going to reveal this extraordinary plan of God into 
the world, and even the angels are talking about it. I need to say this at this particular moment because I was encouraged yesterday in a conversation. There's a lot of um, movie pictures at the moment really focusing, once again, it's interesting how we go in ebb and flows, on the demonic realm. There's two particular films that have just been out. I want to encourage you, young people and others, you go and watch those, you watch them at your peril. You will open yourselves up to things that you do not want to be opening yourself up to. Because there is an angelic realm, an angelic realm of God, and an angelic realm of evil. So can I encourage you not to go and view those things, not to go and look at those things, and not to talk about those things. I'm not commanding you, I'm just encouraging you. Because we have been dealing with people recently who have opened themselves up to things, and now they're trying to get free of those things that they open themselves up to. I digress. Through the church. How does this work out? Because if you're the church, what does this look like? Well, I just thought I'll have another go. Because actually my tiling is far better than my bricklaying. It's far better. Anybody want me to? I'll job, I nearly put my leaflets down on the resource hub downstairs for any bricklaying that needed happening. For those who were here on that morning, it was classic. Jamie Bex, thanks for sorting this out for me. There's some tiling. And actually, if I can say this, I actually can tile. I'm, I'm actually all right. I'm not going to come and do it around your place, but I can. <laughs> I watched my dad repeatedly. And uh, actually, this small bathroom area that took me all day to do, I asked my dad, I said, how long would this take you? He says, no, you've done it. It looks great. I said, no, dad, come on, just go on. I'm a big man now. Hit me with it. Well, how long did it take you? Well, I've been on it all day. And it took me about an hour to have done it. <laughs> So actually, my tiling does need to be improved, but this is what it looks like. Because actually, there's a, I don't want anybody commenting, you say, yeah, you can tile. I should have done it the other way, shouldn't I, actually? Here we go. Let's get some of this up here. Now, I do do it better than this, so please, no comments for any of you. I'm just going to try and get as much cover stick on it as I can. Okay, that probably do me. Okay. Would somebody be able to get me a, a tissue? Because I've just got it on my hands. And I need to take care of my hands. Okay. Okay. Right. If that drops off, I'm going home. Okay. I'm going home. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what I want to really just explain to you is actually on this point, because it, uh, it, it is a very valid point. That what is church really all about? Just mark this in your, in, in your notes. Not just you are the church, but church is all about community. Church is all about community. Just write that down. Church is all about community. While I do this, I'll just keep talking to you because I desperately need to be in community. I have needs. I have issues. I don't want to do life alone. I can't do life alone. So I'll make a hash of it. I need people around me who are going to encourage me. I need people who are going to keep me strong. I need to be able to encourage people. I need, look at what I've done there. Oh, flipping heck. Okay. I need, I desperately need community. And church is all about community. 
what it looks like is not everybody's the same. Not everybody's the same. If I can say this, church, the beauty of the church, and what I absolutely love about the church, is how different it actually is. If I can say this, and it's lovely to have different people of colours and cultures, we're believing for more of that. Honestly, I love your food. <laughs> Look, you don't get... You, Love it. I love you guys. You just bring a flavor. I mean, one of our best friends is Adi. Adam, I can't even pronounce his name. It's so Ghanaian. But Adi sent me an email yesterday. I had an email from him. He's out in Ghana. What a wonderful brother. What a wonderful brother in the faith. Love him. And we just need the different colors and different shades and the different personalities and the different shapes and the different sizes I love the fact that you might be sat next to a criminal this morning. Sorry, did I say something wrong? You might be sat, sorry, you might be sat next to somebody who's actually been in prison. I'm not going to tell you who they are. You won't even, you won't even guess. You won't even guess. Because some of these guys who have been in prison are the smartest guys around most faithful guys around, most anointed guys around. Yeah, I'm talking about myself. Okay, no, I'm joking. (laughs) And there's also people who run million-pound businesses. We're in this place. I'm not going to tell you they are either. Isn't it wonderful that just the different, the complexity of church. You see, everybody focuses on the negatives of church. Oh, I don't like the service. I don't like what they did. I don't like the notices. I don't like the ones talking about money. I don't like the building. I don't like the colour scheme. Didn't couldn't get part this morning. Don't like anything like that church. That's got nothing to do with church. Am I on a roll? What's that got to do with church? That's the way you're going to. Nothing. You are the church. We're a community. We're a company of people. And we join together and we've got different shapes and different sizes. It's almost like a mosaic. Actually, it's, it's more like a mosaic because actually we're, we're not clear line people. We're broken. We're fractured. Anybody broken here? You're looking at an incredibly broken man. I'm broken internally. Broken. My interior world is broken. I've messed up. I've screwed up. Too many times to mention. In so many different ways. And my life is one of brokenness. I don't come all clean and shiny and nice and clean lined. I bring my peace to church in my brokenness. And sometimes that's why you get some of the edges. That's why you might get me a little bit edgy. That's why you might get me a little bit raw. That's why you might get me a little bit emotional. Because I'm not perfect. God is perfecting his purposes in me. Anybody hearing me this morning? But what he does, he doesn't say, well, I'll wait until I get the smooth lines. He begins to form me into a picture A community of people called the church. How wonderful is that? That you and I are part of this company of people, this community of people. And even if you're not on a faith journey, you are welcome here. You may not be perfect. You may be suffering with all kinds of issues. Oh, you are so welcome here. We want to help you with your issues. We don't want, God loves us too much. He often, we'll use this phrase, well, come as you are. Yeah, come as you are, but God loves us too much to leave us as we are. 
I can't just say, well, I'm explosive and that's just how I know. God says, no, I want to perfect my peace and my love and my tenderness in your heart, Christian, so you don't keep exploding. But that issue with pornography that I keep dealing with, I can't come to church because of that pornography and those issues. And I'm just not a nice person. I've got to drink. I'm drinking all the time. I get drunk. And what can I do? And God says, just come as you are. But listen, I'm not going to leave you as you are because I want to deliver you from that pornography. I want to deliver you from that drink because I don't want you to be bound by things. this, this, This plan that God is rolling out is a plan of freedom. So he brings this. Let's lay one more, shall we? Another color. I'm sorry, Jamie, I've really messed up your tie. I nearly put it on the wrong side then. Shows you how good my tiling is. I honestly can do this. I'm just nervous. So I'm just... Uh... No, Phil, I don't want one falling down. Okay. This just shows you where I'm at. Dad, have I done all right? Please tell me I've done all right. I need your affirmation. No, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. I need the affirmation of my father. He puts us in community. Have you got that? He puts us in community. So you're dead welcome here. And we want you here. We want to know what your issues are. Don't shy away from that. Do it in a context of, can I have a conversation with Phil or, or, or you, Christian? I just need to just talk to you about some stuff. We're not going to, we haven't got a magic wand. We don't have them down, you know, a little bit of fairy dust. And <laughs> we don't have those kinds of things. But there's people here I genuinely do want to support. That means we'll have to say some things when we need to say them. That's part of family life, but we're a community. I need to move on because I... I've got so much to get through. So church is all about a community. What else is church about? Well, church is about us being united by a cause. United by a cause. See, it's not just about being in community, but actually this, let's put those verses on again, this transformational plan, this, this, this plan that even the angels are talking about, it's not just something that's nice and cozy. Because if you want nice and cozy, you can go down to uh, you know, a group, you can go in a coffee shop and just meet together. And, oh, Danny, it's lovely. <laughs> oh wow, lovely. Church is not just about taking care of community and being together. Church is about an army. When Steve Uppel came here, one of his phrases is, "He rouses the warriors." Rousing the warriors. I love that. Because you and I are soldiers. You might not feel like you're much of a soldier. We're soldiers. And soldiers are united by a cause. I was reading the news this week. And in, was it in Yorkshire, in Huddersfield, that had lost a number of their servicemen and people were saying they need to pull them out, etc., etc. It's not me being political here. The fact is, those people who signed up for the, for the armed services, they knew what they were walking themselves into, whether we agree with it politically or not. And they were committed... To the cause. We're united by a cause. What is that cause? Well, I see through scriptures, pictures, where God, where God shows 
the chaos and mayhem around. If you look from Old Testament through to New Testament, particularly in the Old Testament, you see that the people of God were living in chaos. They were ravaged. I'm going to use this this word carefully, raped, carefully, because it may not have been, but they were just ravaged. They were raped. They were stunned. They were, these cities, they were burnt out. And when I read the scriptures, I see that as another picture of what we are living in at this particular moment. Because the reality is, our world is not particularly great. It's not particularly wholesome, it's not particularly pleasant, it's not particularly loving. It's dog-eat-dog, and there's a lot of issues. There are a lot of good people out there who are trying to mend this world. Great people, doing some great work, not just Christian, but non-Christian agencies. But I absolutely believe that it's through the church, it's through the church, that God will mend this broken world. I've got my good friend here, David Blythe who is endeavouring to, um, yeah, I'll use that word good friend carefully, but I thought you wouldn't mind, yeah. Um, trying to do that within Milton Keynes, with addicts. Trying to just bring some wholeness to people's lives. It's not a Christian counselling service, it's a counselling service, but actually as a Christian it can't help but flow out from him when it's applicable. But the fact is, David and myself and those who are around here know the brokenness in which we live. Let me just give you some of those things. In 2009-2010, police in England and Wales recorded more than 23,000 sex offences against children. On average, every week in England and Wales, at least one child is killed at the hands of another person. One child per week. In 2010, there were nearly 190,000 abortions carried out in the United Kingdom. They report statistically that 3.8 million children are living in poverty. 3.8 million children living in poverty. They haven't got food. They haven't got food. They haven't got an education. They haven't got clothing. They're not like you and I. One in four women will be a victim of domestic violence in their lifetime, many of those on a a number of occasions. I'd never realized this. On average, two women a week are killed by a current or former male partner. 500,000 people in the UK regularly, they couldn't really get the finality on this, but I just, these are all statistics that were on the BBC and good websites. 500,000 people in the UK regularly use a class A drug. There's a cause. There's a cause. What is this cause? Redemption, salvation, forgiveness. And how are people, and you might be one of them here today and you've never received this message of forgiveness and redemption and love and hope. You may say, well, I'm here today. I'm glad you're hearing it today and you're going to hear the message, how you can receive it, by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He breaks the chains. He helps those who are hurting. And when you are in a community of believers that is not just worrying about where we can get a car park space and the color of the walls, walls, but those who are in community, we actually feel a sense of, yes, this is exactly what I was created to be. We're united by a cause. The church is not just about a community, but it's actually committed to a cause. There's a cause, there's difficulties, there's challenges out there that you and I face every single day. There's people here who face enormous problems. And God is wanting the church, the church, you and I, to arise, 
with a course, standing to attention. Jesus, I am ready. Wherever you want me to go, I will go. Whatever you want me to say, I will say. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Because I am committed to this plan of transformation. Let me just give you one other quickly thought around the church. I love this thought because actually, let's just get it on the screen, shall we? Uh, In Matthew in chapter 5. We're a community united by a cause. But God actually wants us to put colour in this world. uh, Matthew in chapter 5 and verse 14. This is Jesus talking. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. Let's go to the next verse. If I make you light bearers, do you not think that I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to be open up with God. This generous Father in heaven, completing God's law. I wonder if we can just go back to the first verse that we put on there. Gemma, thank you very much. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. There's a, a guy we know by the name of Dave Gilpin. Dave Gilpin pastors a church in Sheffield. One of his phrases, he's actually ministered in the life of this church, and what he actually talks about is that God hates beige. Now, if you like beige in your house, and that's great, we've got beige in our house, there's not a problem with that, but you understand he hates mediocrity, he hates just the thought of beige. You see, God didn't come to bring beige into the world, God came to bring color into the world. You want to know what the church is about? Church is about community. Church is about united by a cause because we're soldiers and church is about bringing color to this world. Alan, if I can use this again, just stand to your feet. Would you mind? Look at this shirt. Come on. Chris Stockdale, stand to your feet, will you please? Chris. No, not that one. You can can see. Go on, I want to see this one. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No. Yeah, Chris, look at this. Look at this. Color. Color. Gemma. Look at, just stand to your, would you mind? Just stand into your feet. Look at this. A bit of color. Mick, just stand to your feet, would you please? Go on. A bit of color. I'm telling you, I could get Isla to stand. I could get a lot of you to stand to your feet. Thank you. Please take your seat. You see what I'm talking about? God wants to bring color into this world. What does colored color do? When you woke up this morning, the sun was shining, what did you immediately think? What a great day. When it's gray skies, drizzling with rain, what do you think? Oh, please. Is it that time yet? I can't believe it. Anybody else with me? When there's color and God comes to bring color into this world, how does he do that? Through you. Because you are the church. God wants to bring color into the world in which we live. We're like God's felt tip pens in the world. God takes us and begins to put color into this world. Color where we live. Color where we work. Color where we socialize. The colorful nature of personalities here is brilliant. I love some of you real, your real characters. I would say, oh, he's a real character, he is. We've got one over here, Josh, Josh Holmes. He's an absolute character, I tell you. He really is an absolute character. And he's just lovely. 
some other people, you're just absolute characters. Laugh a minute. I love you guys. I also love those who are a little bit more quiet and studious, like myself, and just... (laughs) The color of people, the color of this world, it's just wonderful. And it was all in the plan and purposes of God. God comes and wants you to rise up with your color, with your personality, with your gift, with your resource, and bring it as part of a, as part of a community of people. You see, this, for me, this is the challenge. What it actually does, it says, okay then, Christian, church is not somewhere where I go. Church is, church is something who I am. Church is about a community of people, so communities love and share and help one another. Church is about being an army. Church is about bringing the color. So that means I need to do something. Actually, church is not about something where I go to and I'm fed and I'm received. Church is about something that I give to. See, church is not about consumerism. Church is about contribution. Church goes beyond what I can get. Church goes to what I can give. This is the beauty of the church. We move from this being, well, this is their church, to this is our church. We go from saying, well, Dave's the answer in that situation, to no, actually, I'm the answer. I'm not waiting for some big evangelist to roll through town. I actually say, I'm the answer in my world. You see, God says to us, through the church, God changes the world. Another way of putting it is this, Phil. Through the changeless value of the church, God changes the changing world. Do you like that? I'll repeat that again. Through the changeless value of the church, God changes the changing world. Because it is changing. But I want to tell you, this value remains. The church and its components. The church and its heart. The church and its call. The church and its cause. The church and its care. The church and its community. Those things remain. As soon as we take our eyes off church is something we go to then we lose sight of it. So let me ask you, what can now we do? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to make a commitment. This week, this week, you might want to write this down. I'm going to make my commitment this week. At this moment, when I call for prayer, I'm going to make my commitment to say, I am going to bring color to my world. I'm going to bring color to my world. I'm going to bring my color. I'm not going to try and be yellow. If your color is blue, I'm going to bring my color to this world. We're going to let people know that Jesus is alive and that Jesus exists. I think every one of us can do that, don't you? I think every one of us can live out a life of witness just by a smile, just a tender touch, through a bunch of flowers, through a text, just being kind, just being who you are, and not being frightened about saying who you belong to. Don't be afraid about telling people tomorrow morning where you've been. We can all do that. It may be the bigger challenge to us is this, and I'll challenge you with this. We've got the big idea coming up in Ilkeston in May. First weekend of May. 
And in that, we try and make a difference. We try and paint this town for Jesus. You might not have put your name down. I'd encourage you when you're downstairs tomorrow to say to the resource hub team, how can I get involved in the big idea? Because I believe in the church. Does anybody else believe in the church? I wonder if we'd bow our heads in prayer. I'm mindful.